Johnson. And this game is underway with a bang. This is where the lacrosse area gathers to talk Wisconsin sports. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Join in by phone or text at 796-2558. Now, here's Grant Bills. Been a while since we have uh, talked last. Been way too long. The last Wisco Sports Show was a week ago today. Since then, uh, we've had early Brewer start times. A Packers game last Thursday. Of course, high school football and our Badger Roundtable show last Friday. So it's it's been a little bit too long. We have so much to talk about. How, how was Oktoberfest? Have a good Oktoberfest weekend. Uh, the Monday after Fest is, is a little bit, to me, is a little bit to me like uh, the Monday after the Super Bowl. And we wait for it for so long. I look forward to it for so long. And today I'm kind of left just wondering, well, what what are we what are we working towards now, right? What are what am I looking forward to next? I don't know if that's Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas. I, man, I need something. Uh, I, I also do enjoy when Oktoberfest ends, though. I, I will admit, uh, there's just too many people. All right, I'll say it. There's too many people. I can't even send a Snapchat. I can't send a, a Twitter message. I can't, my phone just stopped working this weekend. There's too many people in town. So on, in that way, I am glad that Oktoberfest has come and gone. I hope you had a great fest weekend. Or maybe you didn't fest at all and you were just waiting for everyone to get the hell out of town. If that was the case, I'm sure you're happy. I hope uh, your week is off to a good start either way. We have a lot to talk about. And last Monday, we we were following just about a perfect weekend in Wisconsin sports, right? Outside of like a, like a playoff win. So regular season... And this time of year is very fun because Packers are playing, Badgers are playing, Brewers are playing at least for a little bit. And and this year, once again, lucky enough to have the Brewers in the playoffs. So that's going to continue just a little bit longer. Uh, But all three, uh, minus the Bucks, three of our sports teams playing right now. And Bucks had media day today. So before too long, we're going to have to start talking Bucks again. But it's a very fun time of year where we have so many things going on at once. Right. And and last weekend was just about as, as perfect of a weekend as you could ask for. The Packers won. Uh, the Badgers blowing out Michigan, right? And then, of course, the Brewers uh, fighting their way back into a playoff race and and, and have now since uh, clinched a playoff spot. Unfortunately, we didn't have a Wisco Sports Show to talk about that, so we get to talk about it today. Last Monday, we broke down a great weekend. Today, I want to do something very similar. Uh, I want to break down what happened this weekend and, of course, going all the way back to the, the Packer game on Thursday. Not as good of a weekend, but still some very interesting storylines, and I want to talk about them all. My name is Grant Bills. This is the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY, and I thank you for tuning in. If you want to join me, you can. Uh, just give me a call or a text at 608-796-2558. You can tweet me at Keystroker Grant. You can tweet all of us at WKTY. We're going to hit them all today. We're going to hit Packers, Badgers, Brewers. We're going to cover it all. Uh, much like last Monday, I-, I want to take kind of a retrospective look at the weekend I don't know which win or loss, uh, right? Because the Badgers were able to win. The Brewers had a pretty poor weekend. Uh, Now, they had already clinched a playoff spot, but left a a decent opportunity out there getting swept by the Rockies this weekend. And then the Packers lost on Thursday night as well. I don't know which outcome is most significant, right? The Badgers did beat Northwestern, but it's not like they looked like they did against Michigan. I, I don't know what is most significant, what is most important. I guess we'll start with the Packers because... Uh, the Packers played first, obviously, on Thursday night, and, and I'm sure some of us maybe had a different way of watching this weekend's Badger game or the Brewer games or the Packer games. I know I did, whether you were down at the Fest grounds or, or maybe you were out at a bar or you were at a party or you were at some kind of get-together where it was on in the background. So I had to re-watch the Packer game. I watched the first half down at the Fest grounds uh, and then watched the second half at home. 
not that mad. I'm actually not that upset that the Packers lost. I'm trying to do this new thing where I don't get mad and I try to give myself every every reason to 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 relax and to, and to think about it without getting upset, without getting disappointed, right? And I think I'm I think I'm getting better at it. I'm I'm not really that mad about the Packers' loss on Thursday night. I, I don't think I, I just don't think NFL teams go twelve and four, thirteen and three, fifteen and one anymore, and certainly not sixteen and zero. It, there's just too many different ways and different opportunities to trip up throughout the year. So there was never a question that the Packers are going to lose some games, although the 3-0 start was really fun, especially with two division wins. It, it's what the Packers do with their losses, right? And obviously you want to try to limit losses. They, you want them to be few and far between. But what do the Packers learn? And, and most importantly, what did rookie head coach Matt LaFleur learn? Because he's learning on the fly here, right? Aaron Rodgers has done this before. Mike Pettin's done this before. A lot of these veteran players have done this before. Matt LaFleur has not as a head coach. So the Packers sit at 3-1, and one, and I think it is now up to Matt LaFleur and, and his staff to learn and to improve uh, and to become a better team off a loss and, and hopefully minimize his loss, losses going forward. I want to talk Packers, and we will get back into it. I'm not that mad, and I think there's a couple different reasons to to kind of just let this game pass by. And I'll, and I'll share those coming up later on in the show. The Badgers, I, I just wrote down in my notes, of course, right? Of course, of course, that's the kind of game they played on Saturday uh, against Northwestern. And I'm actually not that upset. I wasn't actually that frustrated on Saturday. Now, that might have been the Oktoberfest celebration and the beer. But 24-15, coming off of that Michigan game where you thought that maybe the Badgers would come out a little little lazy. You get, to, you get so worked up, right, to play Michigan. And then you got Northwestern, who's undermanned and is, let's be real, they're Northwestern, um, which is a great school, but they're very limited athletically, right? It, it, with the team they're able to put together and the players they're able to get, and they were they were undermanned. They had dealing with a lot of injuries, especially on offense. I'm perfectly okay with the Badgers only winning this game 24 to 15. I don't feel like the Badgers let us down. I wasn't expecting the Badgers to to score 70 points or, or run up the score on Northwestern. When has that ever been the case? If you were expecting the Badgers to go out and win this game 42 to three, then you have not watched Wisconsin football in the last decade. You just haven't because that doesn't that's on you. It, that doesn't happen. Right. When is the last time the Badgers blew out Northwestern? That doesn't happen. But of course, it was a game where it was slowed down. It looked like the game was being played in quicksand. Right. The Badgers got off to a quick start. They, they went up seven to three and, and then it took a while. Right. It's some some defensive scoring uh, and, and a little bit of time before their offense actually finally started to have success. So 24 to 15. I know a lot of people saw that as a letdown and saw that as frustrating. I didn't at all. Like I said, that might have been the beer, but we'll talk about that coming up on the show at all. The the Brewers are the most interesting. And last Monday, and that was the last time we've had an opportunity to talk, uh, I, I said, look, the most important action from the previous weekend was the Brewers playing out of their mind and, and climbing back into this playoff race because those games have playoff implications right now. But before this, this Rockies series started, the Brewers had clinched a playoff spot. Now it was just about seeing, well, maybe they... Maybe they sneak in for the division lead, right? Maybe the Cubs win a couple, and they did, and the Brewers just not able to capitalize, right? Getting swept uh, for the first time that I can remember in a while. I I think that's probably the most significant story of the weekend, and that's the one I want to start with coming up uh, here in a few minutes after a break. It stings, right? And I know we have a wild card game and a playoff berth to talk about, and we will no doubt do that these next few days. This last weekend stings a little bit. If the Cardinals would have swept the Cubs and not lost a single game, whatever. It doesn't really matter to me because the Brewers 
it wouldn't really matter what they did because they weren't making it in the, in, into that division lead either. They needed the Cardinals to lose. It hurts because the Cardinals did lose. And the Cubs were able to beat St. Louis twice this weekend and, and really opened the door for the Brewers to, if nothing else, tie it or, or possibly even take the lead or, or, like I said, tie it and force a game 163, right? That stings. That stings because there's a big difference in starting off against Atlanta, which is who the Brewers, I think, would be playing, or or playing in a one-game wild card against the Nationals for the right to go play against the Dodgers, right? There's a big difference there. And, and, and I know that I'm going to take a playoff berth, and I know most Brewers fans are going to as well because they're so few and far between. They're so rare. Brewers are never in the playoffs. We're going to enjoy this. We're going to have fun. But it feels like a, a pretty big opportunity uh, was left and left to waste this last weekend by the Brewers, especially when the Cubs, with their B lineup, like Joe Madden said, the, the late manager of the Cubs, not passing away but was let go, uh, said he was going to run his B lineup out there, uh, and they were still able to give the Brewers two opportunities to go out and make up ground on the Cardinals. A little bit frustrating, uh, a little bit feeling like a wasted opportunity. So so here's what we're going to do today. Here's the the, the game plan. We're going to talk Brewers. We're going to talk Badgers. We're going to talk Packers. We're going to hit all three teams. I know Bucks media day was today. I'd love to talk about it. We just don't have time. So we're going to have to do it coming up later this week. I want to start with the Brewers. I do think that was the most significant uh, event series of the weekend. I know the Brewers played three games and the Badgers, the Packers only played one. But I do think the, the Brewers series is the most significant part of this weekend. And, and I want to... I want to tackle this weekend series uh, through a, a concept of social science, right? A political, economic, uh, gender, ethnic, whatever. Social science. I, I thought of something this morning, and I think this perfectly describes why Brewers fans are upset. We're going to have a lesson in social science and the Milwaukee Brewers coming up next. This is the Wisco Sports Show presented by Played Against Sports. You're listening to WKTY. This is the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. I am your host, Grant Bills. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for hanging out. I hope your uh, post-Oktoberfest Monday uh, is not a total train wreck, right? That you're, you're getting back into the routine. I'm trying to do the same. We're recapping the weekend, much like we did last Monday. It, there's just so much to cover when three of our sports teams are playing at once. I'm talking about the Packers, the Brewers, and the Badgers. I think the most significant game, or games, in case of Milwaukee, uh, it was the Brewers this weekend. I know they had already clinched a playoff spot going into the weekend. I know, I know they had already clinched a playoff spot. And, and those playoff berths are very rare for Milwaukee Brewers fans. And I'm not taking that lightly. Uh, I'm not becoming entitled, not in the least, as a Brewer fan. But it does feel as though that the Brewers let some opportunities go by this weekend. Wouldn't you agree? Feels like one of my favorite expressions, left some meat on the bone, right? It feels like the Brewers left some meat on the bone this weekend, right? The Cubs were actually able to take two games from the Cardinals, and the Brewers did nothing with it, right? The Brewers don't lose in September. They don't. I had a little bit of, I had forgotten what a loss actually feels like. This is my situation with the Brewers, right? In September, the last two years, turn on the game, all right. They're up 4 nothing. Well, they got this game in the bag. And even on the rare night that I would turn on uh, the game partway through the first inning or, or maybe in the second and the third when I get home from work, turn the game on and the Brewers are down 4 nothing. I think, ah, when was it? they haven't lost in a week. They probably won't lose for another week after this, right? It's, it's just not a concern. I haven't been concerned. I haven't been nervous about the Brewers just because they do not lose in September. They are 20-7 and seven this month, right? The final month of the season from September 1st 
to yesterday, they went 20 and 7. And I counted that myself and I did it a couple of times. So I'm, <laughs> I'm very, very sure that that is correct. 20 and 7, right? That's, that's tremendous. And I think the most important thing in, in sports, and the great teams do this, they play their best ball at the right time. Doesn't matter if it's football, basketball, baseball, doesn't matter. The great coaches, great organizations, great teams, doesn't matter what they do 70% of the season, right? As long as they get headed in the right direction, playing their best ball at the right time, you can get away with a lot. You can lose a lot of games, but if you get hot, you play your best at the right time, the rest will take care of itself, right? 20 and 7 in September. I'd begin to forget what a loss feels like. Certainly what it feels like to lose a series, right? So I wanted to overreact to this weekend sweep. I wanted to be mad. I wanted to feel like the Brewers had let us down. But I, I, I caught myself. I checked myself. Um, you ever like? Has anybody ever told you to check your privilege, right? Th- this is the same idea, right? I, I think that as Brewers fans, we have what is called September privilege. Are, are you following? So... More common, or I don't know if anybody has ever said September privilege before, but when you talk about privilege, right, you often hear white privilege, you hear male privilege, right? Like if you were to go up to UWL, uh, to the uh, uh, the gender studies department or the ethnic and racial studies department, these are terms you're going to hear a lot. Social sciences, right? White privilege. Uh, if you don't know, I just looked up a textbook definition. Inherent advantages possessed by a white person on the basis of their race in a society characterized by racial inequality and injustice. Right. Male privilege is is the same way, except for men. Right. Male privilege concept within society for examining social, economic and political advantages or rights that are available to men solely on the basis of their sex. A man's access to these benefits may vary depending on how closely they match their society's ideal masculine norm. Right. The idea that white people have it easier because they don't have to concern themselves uh, with issues and with problems of minority groups. Right. Men are the same way. I don't have to worry about things that a lot of women have to worry about every single day. The idea of privilege, right. Now, white privilege and male privilege and and lots of privilege definitely exists. Now, if you want to argue how that impacts people, that's your argument. That's not what we're doing here. But white privilege, male privilege, you get these ideas. I think Brewers fans the last couple of years have acquired what I I am now naming September privilege, right? We, We don't have to worry about losing games in September. That's not an issue we have. It's a privilege that Brewers fans have. And obviously, I'm joking a little bit and I'm trivializing this. And white privilege and male privilege and those social sciences are not, they're not a joke, right? But you get what I'm saying. As Brewer fans, we don't have to worry about losing series in September. I don't know the last time it happened. When it, before this weekend, hell, I'll pull up the schedule right now. When was the last time the Brewers lost two in a row? I have to open another tab on ESPN.com. I'll tell you that much. It's that long ago. It's at least 15 games back. Don't have to worry about it. It's not something I have to concern myself with, right? September privilege. As Brewers fans, we must check our September privilege because it would be very easy yesterday and today to wail and moan and complain that, of course, the Brewers tripped to the finish line. Of course, they picked the, the one most important series of the year to not be able to get it done and to blow a save and to go into extra innings when they had no business going into extra innings. Yeah, it would be easy. But let's be real. The Brewers just played one of the best months I've ever seen a Brewers team play. They went 20 and 7 in a month where they had to go 20 and 7 to make the playoffs and they did it anyway. Craig Council's got this team rolling, right? Brent Suter just won National League reliever of the month. His first month back from Tommy John surgery. Things are going well for the Brewers. And I'm not saying they're getting lucky. I'm not. 
But in some sense, you generate your own luck as well in sports, right? So when the Brewers are playing well and they're putting the bat on the ball and their pitching is pitching confident and Craig Council has confidence in his players and in the moves that he's making, you know, when everything's going right, you get lucky here and there, right? Because you manufacture your own luck. I think the New England Patriots are a perfect example of that. Do you know why the Patriots and Tom Brady always get lucky in the Super Bowl? Because they're always in the Super Bowl. Same idea, right? I think it would be a little short-sighted as Brewer fans to complain and to whine and moan that they weren't able to win two or three games this weekend. And I think we have to remind ourselves we're a little bit privileged as Brewer fans. We have September privilege because we don't have to worry. We don't have to concern ourselves with losing games in September, certainly not losing two in a row, and certainly not getting swept like the Brewers did this weekend. Check your September, check check your privilege at the door, right? Cubs fans don't have September privilege. Man, would you rather be a Cubs? Would you rather be a Cubs fan? Right? They just had a terrible month. They basically just had to play mediocre baseball to make the playoffs, and they couldn't even do that. So I'm not I'm not going to complain about this weekend series. Now, deep down, can I feel a little bit like, oh, man, blown opportunity? Absolutely. I don't think anybody is denying that the Brewers let an opportunity go by this weekend, right? But the Brewers played a, a tremendous month. They went 20-7 and seven in September. And they, they furiously played their way back into a playoff spot. I'm not going to get hung up. And I'm not going to complain because they lost three games in a tough place to play at Coors Field after making the playoffs. After already clinching a playoff berth, right? I'm not going to get hung up on that. Because I think as Brewers fans, we do have a privilege, in a sense, the last couple of years, that we have just become used to the Brewers playing fantastic in September and not losing in September. And so when the Brewers lost a couple of games this weekend, it was almost a little confusing. What? You're telling me the Brewers can actually, they're mortal? They can lose, right? It was it was a little bit of an interesting realization. Now, I will say it was frustrating watching how it unfolded, right? It'd be one thing to lose two of three or get swept like the Brewers did, but there could not be three more frustrating ways to lose a baseball game, right? First game of the weekend, the offense shows up, they they score seven runs, and the pitching gives up 11. Ugh, okay. A game you really would have liked to have because your offense was everywhere, right? Okay, one game out of three. Well, on Saturday, right, Josh Hader blows a save, right? They get walked off. Down to their last opportunity, last strike, and the Brewers couldn't slam the door. And they lose 3-2. to two. And then yesterday, yesterday's game didn't matter because we saw very quickly that the Cardinals were up, what, 9 to nothing at some point on the Cubs yesterday. And, and, and the Brewers needed the Cardinals to win yesterday. Needed the Cardinals to lose, excuse me. And when you realize that the Cubs were going to lose and the Cardinals were going to win, the, yesterday's result didn't matter. So the only thing that becomes important is to stay healthy and to try to play as few people as possible, right? Stay as fresh as possible for that for that wild card game. Well, then they got to go to extra innings and they got to play a full 13 to decide the game. That didn't matter. I will admit, and I will not get angry. I will not get upset because I think as a Brewer fan, I have uh, gotten used to the Brewers never losing in September and do have a sense of September privilege, right, as we're calling it. I'm not going to get mad. I'm not going to act entitled, but man, are there three more frustrating ways to lose? Just about everything went wrong for the Brewers this weekend. Still in the playoffs, which is something as, as, as a Brewer fan, I've very rarely been able to say in my lifetime, and I will not take that for granted. Right? I will not, I, I will not de-emphasize the importance of the Brewers making the wild card, but it, it kind of feels like they left some meat on the bone, right? Whereas last year they didn't. They were able to complete all the way back 
to come back and win the division, even though it took uh, 163 games. It's a shame how it went down. Losing in, in game one of the series, when the Cardinals lost, scoring seven runs. Feel like your pitching staff's a little bit better than that. Losing the next night when you're taking the lead into the ninth inning with Josh Hader on the mound, knowing the Cardinals are losing, and you can't get it done. And then yesterday, knowing that the Cardinals are winning big, the result doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is to stay healthy and to get out of town, and you couldn't do that because you sustained a couple injuries and you took 13 innings to finish the ball game. I will not act entitled. I will not complain and moan. I will not... Uh, I, I, this will not ruin the great month that the that the Brewers had for me, right? But it does feel like a little bit of a wasted opportunity. And if the Brewers don't win in this one-game wild card tomorrow night, by the way, which that, that game will be at 7, you will hear it here on WKTY. If they do lose tomorrow night, it feels like the Brewers ugh, just barely missed out. But playoff games are, and playoff berths are nothing to, you know, to shake your tail at if you're a Milwaukee Brewers fan. And I will enjoy it, and I do feel uh, very satisfied that the Brewers were able to do what they did in September just because we, we don't see it very often, Right. Brewers aren't in the playoffs very often, uh, if at all. What two times? This this will be the this will be the fourth time in my lifetime in 21 years. A lot better to say for for a lot of Brewers fans who were born before me, right? Got to go all the way back to the 80s. Uh, we, I want to continue to kind of look back at the weekend, the the Oktoberfest weekend. I want to talk about Wisconsin because much like the Brewers losing this weekend, I feel like some people were kind of upset uh, and kind of frustrated after the Badger game on Saturday. Number one. You didn't have enough beer uh, because I had a great time watching the Badger game uh, during Oktoberfest. And I think that maybe a, a beer or two was the key. But also, I, I, I don't really understand the frustration. I don't. I'll, I'll explain what I mean coming up next. We also got to talk Packers. A lot more to come here on the Wisco Sports Show presented by Played Against Sports. Back in a moment here on WKTY. <laughs> This is the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. My name is Grant Bills. The show always 580 AM, 96.7 FM. Streaming on our mobile app and at WKTYsports.com. It's a very busy time of year, by the way, for our sports coverage between high school games, UWL games, Brewers, Packers. So check out the full schedule uh, at WKTYsports.com. And I try to keep you in the loop as well. We're just covering so many games. We're going to have start doing two high school games every Friday night, which means I actually got to go cover games, uh, which is going to be fun. It's something that I've missed out on a little bit so far this year. I've only done a couple. We were at Logan a couple weeks ago, right? Logan, West Salem. And then I believe I called a central game earlier this year. It's been too long. Happy to happy to get back into it. So check out all of our local events uh, and games that we're covering at WKTYsports.com. Unfortunately, one of the one, uh, unfortunately, one of the few teams that we don't carry on WKTY or the Wisconsin Badgers, they won on Saturday. Although you'd never know it, uh, basing on on the conversations and the the talking points that I've heard about Wisconsin, they won twenty four to fifteen. They won by nine. Okay, I think the line on this game, and I don't remember correctly, I think the line might have been twenty four. 22? I'm trying to find it. It was 23 and a half. Okay, the line was 23 and a half. When I heard that, I laughed because some poor sap was going to see some poor sap living in California or in Texas or in Florida on his Bovada app or, or was going to reach out to his bookie and say, hey, I like the Wisconsin Badgers to cover 23 and a half points playing Northwestern. Are you kidding me? Have you never watched a Wisconsin Northwestern game? 23 and a half. 
I think the Badgers are that much better than Northwestern. But Northwestern, and those of you, maybe if you're a Minnesota fan listening as well, you will understand this, or Iowa. Northwestern just does not get blown out. They do not lay down and die, right? I, I think they are a level below athletically the other schools in the Big Ten because of the constraints they have on uh, on on their athletic standards. But Pat Fitzgerald does such a good job getting his players and his teams as close to the level of Wisconsin, Iowa, Minnesota, even Ohio State. He gets them as close as possible to competing with those teams. 23 and a half, get out of here. This is a typical Wisconsin-Northwestern game. It was. And I've seen a lot of Wisconsin-Northwestern games, right? Whether they're in Evanston or at Camp Randall, I felt a lot better about this game knowing that it was in Madison. Ever been to Evanston? It looks like a really nice high school field, right? And it is really nice, but it's a, it's a different feeling, right? It doesn't feel like uh, Ohio State or Penn State or Camp Randall, right, or Ann Arbor. It just has a different feel, and I think it throws teams and throws players off when they go in there, especially for the first time, and I think that plays into Northwestern's brand of football. Like, they're not as good as the other programs in the Big Ten. They're really good at what they do, and they're really good at competing with better, bigger, faster, stronger programs in their conference. 24-15, that's a best-case scenario for me. Are you kidding me? You could argue, well, they could have won by three. Okay, fine, whatever. Nine points, three points, two points, one points, whatever. They won by single digits. I don't care. They won. That's the best case scenario for me. Do you know how many times I've seen Wisconsin just trip over themselves in Evanston or playing Northwestern? They just have a tendency. You know this. You've seen these games. Last year, the Badgers lost to Northwestern. They got killed. They lost 37-17. That was only a year ago. Maybe you have forgotten, right, that the Badgers actually got pounded by Northwestern last year. So if there are any Northwestern fans listening as I as I downplay the strength of their program, I, I suppose they would very, be very quick to point that out, right? That they killed Wisconsin last year, 31-17. Big difference a year makes, right? And I think the locale of, of that game has a, something to do with it as well, playing at Camp Randall versus playing in, in Evanston right outside Chicago. Jonathan Taylor this year, as in two days ago, ran for 119 yards and a touchdown. A year ago, he had 46 yards and two fumbles. Pretty big difference, right? Wisconsin winning 24-15. Best case scenario. Jonathan Taylor, 119 and a touchdown compared to 46 yards and two touchdowns. Best case scenario. Right? Don't downplay the impressive the impressiveness of, of Saturday's win. The run defense. And, and oddly enough, this Badgers defense is actually really good, even though they don't have a lot of big-name players on it, or at least not yet, right? Not a lot of names that we know. Very big difference from Vince Beagle. T.J. Watt, Dakota Dixon, right? They don't really have a, a lot of big-name players, at least not, none that we know yet. But as a unit, they're playing great. Their run defense against Northwestern's number one running back on Saturday held them to 68 yards. A year ago, they gave up 117. And they let their quarterback run, run rough shot all over them as well. In one year, score went from 31-17 Northwestern to 24-15 Wisconsin. I'll take it. Best case scenario. Jonathan Taylor yesterday or Saturday. 119 and a touchdown. A year removed from going for 46 yards and two fumbles. Run defense was improved. Defense all around is improved. And I know Northwestern's disadvantaged right now with injuries and offense. A win is a win is a win. It's a conference win. And it's a week after Michigan where uh, are they going to come into the game a little sleepy? Are they going to come in a little little lethargic? Badgers won 24-15. Best case scenario. I'll take it. And by the way, we act like Wisconsin's 
playoff hopes are shot now. And if you listen to this show with any regularity, you know I don't talk a lot about Wisconsin and the college football playoff a lot. I know it's a, it's a and I'm, I'm going to call it a fun pipe dream because as of right now, that's all it is. Until Wisconsin wins a Big Ten championship game, the, the, the college football playoff is a, is a different conversation for a different time. If you look at every result, every game, in direct relation to the Badgers and their chances of making a college football playoff, man, you're going to go crazy. That's just that's just no way to be a sports fan, right? If you watch the Packers and every quarter and every game thinking, man, this is why they can't win a Super Bowl, right? Or that's how they're going to try to win a Super Bowl. You're going to drive yourself crazy. But let's play along. Let's act as though every single play that Wisconsin makes will affect their chances at the college football playoff, and that's what we want to emphasize. Okay, let's look at some other teams. You don't have to look very far. Did you see what happened on Saturday with Clemson? The defending champs and Trevor Lawrence, the golden boy, right? And Dabo Sweeney, do you see what happened? They almost lost to North Carolina. Okay, Syracuse has given them issues, right? Florida State, I know they're not great right now, but it could be a tough place to play, right? The ACC with some of their best teams. No, it was North Carolina who almost beat them, but they won. If I was a Clemson fan, I'd say, whoo, okay, we got that game out of the way with, right? We got that game out of the way with where we played poorly, where we didn't appear to take the, the opponent seriously, where we didn't come in prepared, didn't come in with energy, and we still won. We escaped, right? I'd say the Wisconsin Badgers did a little bit better than escaping on Saturday. They won by nine. I'll take it. You saw what happened to Clemson on Saturday. Let's let's look at the cream of the crop in the Big Ten, the Ohio State Buckeyes. Let's look at Ohio State. They're, they're the gold standard of success in the Big Ten, right? Let's go back to last year. Uh, well, let's see. All through their regular season, yeah. They killed Tulane, uh, beat Penn State by one, took care of business against Indiana and Minnesota. Oh, what's this? Lost to Purdue. What? Ohio State lost to Purdue? Oh, they had a bad game somewhere? Oh, they lost 49-20. to Man, didn't play great that week. That was their one loss last year, right? The only loss they had, but they had a loss to Purdue. It happens every year. One week, for whatever reason, it happens. Let's go back to 2017, right? If you have a good memory or you pay attention to the Iowa Hawkeyes, I went to high school with their quarterback, so I like to keep up on the team, Nate Stanley. Well, look back at 2017. Okay, well, they lost to Oklahoma in non-conference. All right, nobody's going to really blame them for that. Oklahoma's great, right? Baker Mayfield. Looking through their schedule, okay, beat Maryland and meet up on Nebraska. Beat Penn State. JT Barrett looked great, right? The week following that huge loss to Penn State, they lost to Iowa 55-24. They got killed. Killed. I don't think the Badgers beating Northwestern 24-15 is the biggest deal in the world. And a very similar situation, right? Very similar situation. Let's look back to 2017 because I think this is a great example. The week prior to that horrible Iowa loss that kept them out of the college football playoff, I'll admit, they hosted Penn State at home. They won 39-38. JT Barrett was magnificent in the fourth quarter, brought them back, super emotional. Everyone was paying attention to Ohio State, much like everyone was paying attention to Wisconsin last week after beating Michigan. And Ohio State probably came out still trying to recover from that big win. Still trying to recover. Still haven't completely gotten their minds back in the game. And they get smoked by Iowa. Okay. Badgers did the same thing. 
right? They host Michigan, a super emotional, super gratifying win where they kill them. Everybody's talking Wisconsin, Wisconsin, Wisconsin. It would be easy to come in lethargic, easy to come in unprepared. They do so, and they still win 24-15 against a a division rival who's given them fits for years. 24-15, I'll take it. I will absolutely take it. Would you rather the Badgers have, have lost, right? Or, or, or won seven to three because for a while, for a while on Saturday, it looked like they might, right? They, they, that they, that they might win seven to three. We actually, uh, we had a little Oktoberfest get together out in the yard. We brought a TV out onto the porch and we were watching in a group. And I, a couple of times I went to my buddy. I'm like, damn it, they're going to win this game seven to three and we're not going to be able to take our eyes off it, right? Because in a four point game, a pick six flips it like that. A scoop and score flips it like that, right? Looked like they were going to win 7-3. They end up winning 24-15. And they were up a, a, a substantial amount. Some garbage time points for Northwestern made it a little bit closer. 24-15, I'll take it. Because you got you got Ohio State, the, the, the class of the Big Ten, right? And I mean wins and losses. I don't mean ethics of their program, at least under Urban Meyer. So I don't, don't, don't twist my words when I say class. In, in 2017, have a huge home emotional win against Penn State. They get smoked by Iowa the next week. Right? Last last year, they get smoked at Purdue 49 to 20. Ohio State was better than that. They had no business losing that game. Right? But they did anyway. Go back to 2016. They lost to Penn State. They had some tough times. They almost lost to Northwestern. Right? These types of games are litter college football schedules by by big programs every single year. Every year. If this is as bad as Wisconsin plays all season, I think they're in pretty good shape. 24-15, I'll take it. Clemson almost lost to North Carolina on Saturday. A point away from losing to North Carolina, which, I, just my opinion, I, I guess I don't really know how, how North Carolina and Northwestern match up, but I think if Northwestern played North Carolina, they'd probably handle them. They'd probably play them pretty well. So I think Wisconsin did well to win 24-15 on Saturday because there's a litany of history of games where coming off a coming off a big game coming off a big win and then you let down the next week and the Badgers didn't do it they won we got to hit the one team we haven't hit yet that's the uh, that's the Green Bay Packers and I know a lot of uh, our listeners have thoughts about this game uh just to tease how I feel I man I'm not that bothered by the loss yeah it stings you, you very so close to going 4-0 right okay you, you lost I'm not that upset. I'll tell you why. Coming up next, we'll wrap up the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. Final segment of the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. My name is Grant Bills. Thanks for tuning in. We've covered just about everything today. We've hit Brewers, hit Badgers. If you want to catch up on what you missed, WKTYsports.com. Find the podcast right there. We have yet to hit the Green Bay Packers. Uh, and unfortunately, the only Wisco Sports Show last week was on Monday, right? We had those early Brewer start times and then the Packer game. Pre-game, obviously, starting at 5. And then uh, even the the Badger Roundtable show on Friday. So we just haven't had an opportunity to talk uh, about the Packers and the Eagles game. And luckily, we had Oktoberfest to kind of distract ourselves uh, from overall what was a pretty frustrating loss. In the moment, it was frustrating. Because I think the, bat, the the Packers had some opportunities to win. A couple days later, I'm not that mad about it. I'm I'm not that upset. I'm not that frustrated. Because I think they're one injury. Devontae Adams doesn't get hurt. They win. I, I truthfully believe that. I really do. I, I think that was the difference. Now, 
the Packers still could have very well won the game without Devontae Adams. And I'm not blaming the fact that they lost on Devontae Adams. But when you put it in, in that context, it's it's actually pretty simple. You know, okay, yeah, if Devontae Adams doesn't get hurt, yeah, you'd probably do win. And no one's talking about a lot of the issues that have been brought up the last couple of weeks. Packers now 3-1 and one with a couple huge wins in their division. The only reason to, to really get frustrated about this game, and I do think this is a, a reasonable reason to be frustrated, is that it was a Thursday night game and it was at home. Right, and, and and the last couple of years, I, I don't know how many times I've heard people just constantly talk about it's so hard to travel before a Thursday, right? It's so hard to play on Sunday and travel to go play a game on Thursday. I do think the Packers had a big advantage there, right? Hosting Thursday night football is such a big advantage. That stings a little bit, right? And obviously, you don't want to lose at home, right? Because every game you lose at home, it means now you got to go win a game on the road to make up for it, right? So you don't want to let those opportunities go by. But but they were one injury away. I think Devontae Adams stays healthy. They win. Packers end up losing uh, to the Eagles last Thursday, 34-27. to And I think it was they were one big play away on offense or on defense. I think, I think that was truly it. A couple times they were in the red zone, couldn't make it happen. Defense forced a couple of third downs, just couldn't make it happen. It was one big play. So Devontae Adams was balling, right? He exited early with it, with what now I believe is a turf toe injury. 10 catches for 180 yards. He was everywhere. No one could touch him. He was embarrassing the Philadelphia secondary. Then he gets hurt. Okay. Aaron Rodgers balled. He was great. He was. I think that's the best he's looked all year for an entire game, right? Start to finish, Aaron Rodgers was great. Once Devontae Adams got hurt, it was going to need one big play from somebody other than Aaron Rodgers, right? Whether that was a big Aaron Jones run, a big Marquez Valdez-Scantling deep ball for a touchdown, a Zadarius Smith strip sack, a Darnell Savage interception. That's one of those. Take your pick. It's all it would have taken. One player outside of Aaron Rodgers to step up and make a play, and it just didn't happen. And credit Philly, Carson Wentz was great, right? He made a couple really big-time throws, extended plays. Jordan Howard was great. The Eagles were good. They did a great job running the ball. It would have taken one big play from somebody other than Aaron Rodgers down the stretch after the Devontae Adams injury. Because I think if Devontae Adams doesn't get hurt, he makes a couple of big plays, and I think Green Bay wins that game. They might win it going away. But Adams gets hurt, it would have taken one big play. An offense was a whole lot of nothing once Devontae Adams left, especially in the red zone. And and you, you saw a conscious effort to funnel the ball to Jimmy Graham, right? And he did a good enough job. I'm not going to rip on Jimmy Graham. He was pretty good. The problem is, the one thing you got him for was in the red zone. And he got beat out for a jump ball by a 5'10 corner, and then he tried to one-hand a ball in the back of the end zone that was a perfect throw when, well, maybe just use both hands, right? So close both times, but just couldn't, just couldn't make the play. Right? It would have taken one big play. One big catch. That's all it would have taken. Valdez Scantling... Just couldn't haul that ball in on the goal line on the play that, that ultimately ends up getting intercepted. A lot of contact. Yeah, I know, but perfect throw. Be strong. Make the play. I don't know. All it would have taken. One big play. Defensively, right? All it would have taken. One Zadarius Smith strip sack. Right? One forced fumble. One interception. One stop on third or fourth down. It just didn't happen. You were waiting for that one big play to come, and it just never came. That's all it would have taken. Now, if Devontae Adams misses significant time, and I hope he doesn't, if he does miss significant time, the offense becomes a little bit more interesting, right? Because I think Packers fans notice that once Adams went down, 
uh, a little bit up in the air. You, you don't necessarily have a defined number two or even a defined playmaker once he goes down. Valdez Scantling's success kind of comes here and there, as does Jimmy Graham's. So who's gonna who's gonna pick up that production? I, I don't know with Jimmy Graham. I, they, I think the Packers are damned if they do, damned if they don't with Jimmy Graham, Be, because when he's not getting used and targeted. Packers fans are saying, you got to use Jimmy Graham. Use him in the red zone. Use him to get up the seam. And then when they are targeting him, he's not getting open or he can't bring the ball in. Why are you using Jimmy Graham? Throw throw Robert Tanyan out there, which I'm very guilty of. It, it just seems like there's always too much Jimmy Graham, but also never enough at the same time. I'm interested to see how the Packers handle that moving forward because if Devontae Adams misses this weekend, and there's a good chance he will, who, who is your number one target? Who are you scripting plays? Who are you force-feeding the ball? Right? I, I, I don't know. And, and Dallas has got a pretty good defensive front, by the way. A really good pair of run-stuffing linebackers and Jalen Smith and Leighton Van Der Esch. Demarcus Lawrence is just damn good, and so is Robert Quinn. I, I think their defensive front might actually be better than, than Philly's. How are you going to are you gonna be able to manufacture a run game? I don't know. Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers have their work cut out for him coming up this weekend, especially if Devontae Adams can't go. And I don't I, I don't fault the defense for giving up 34 points at Lambeau. The defense had won the Packers their first three games. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers made some very clutch throws here and there, but for the most part, the bulk of the lifting had been done by the defense. The offense had their turn the other night, and other than Aaron Rodgers, it would have taken one big play. No one could make it. So be it. Fine. Move on. But this weekend against Dallas, Sunday against Dallas... If Adams can't go, who's the guy? Because I don't think you're going to have a, a, a strong running game to lean on on Saturday. I'm not saying they're going to get dominated. I'm not saying they're going to get stuffed and Aaron Jones is going to run for 13 yards. But I, I think success running the ball is going to be hard to come by on Sunday. And Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur, following their first ever career loss together, have their work cut out for him. And I'm interested to see what kind of game plan they pin together. Coming up tomorrow, we're going to talk a lot of Brewers wildcard game tomorrow night. Winner moves on. Loser goes home edge of your seat type of stuff. We're going to talk a lot of Brewers tomorrow. Badgers, Packers, Bucks as well. A lot to come this week on the Wisco Sports Show. Talk to you then.